This episode is sponsored by Gopher State Tape Library, a 5013C corporation. Established in 1974, the library has been archiving recovery talks of the many 12-step recovery fellowships across the globe. For almost 50 years, these have been distributed worldwide. The library is the only all-volunteer organization doing this work in existence. There are no paid employees. Thousands of downloads, MP3s, and CDs can be obtained at www.gstl.ecwid.com. I uh, I saw this in one of my notes, and I thought this would be interesting to talk about. And then I had this day today, which is really appropriate. The talk is, uh, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And uh, I'm experiencing a fair amount of discomfort. And uh, so I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Here's a definition of comfort zone. And I think you'll all be able to uh, relate to this. Comfort zone is a psychological state in which things feel familiar to a person and they're at ease and in control of their environment, experiencing low levels of anxiety and stress. In this zone, a steady level of performance is possible. In other words, we're functioning. But that's the uh, the false sense of security, isn't it? Because what the ego says is, I really like this. Let's hold on to this. Let's, I'll, have an, I'll have some more of this. And so when you're in that place where everything appears to be going along the lines you like them to go on, you're comfortable. Then what happens is something comes along and disturbs the comfort. My first reaction, my ego's first reaction, the false self, the ism, the disease, whatever you want to call it, the first reaction is to hold on to it and recreate it. And here's the trap. We can't recreate the past. We, we try and cling to it. We try and recreate it. And we just get frustrated. So any number of things can knock me out of that comfort zone. So what I've, what I've learned to do with myself is when everything seems to be going swimmingly, when everything seems to be going just beautifully, I remind myself that um, enjoy it. It's here right now. This is the present. This is good. And it will change. It will have a beginning, middle, and end. And I expect the change. I don't expect to maintain the same quality uh, of comfort every day because those periods of comfort, when everything is working really well, and hitting on all cylinders, that's enjoyable and it's pleasant. Sometimes it's prosperous. Sometimes it's very productive, but it's not a learning time. It's a doing, it's an activity. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a free ride time. Uh, metaphorically, it's when you're on the peak of the mountain and everywhere you look, it's just beautiful and everything is fine and I got no problems. I got no challenges. And then life happens, and it's, it's, it's going to happen. It doesn't mean it's going to be bad or good. It just means things are inevitably always going to change. So the reason I'm uncomfortable 
when when my my little euphoric packages threatened is because I've assigned a, a level of security to that. And I've set, assigned a level of, of my ability to control. Look at what I've done. Isn't this beautiful? Look at what I've manufactured here. Look at what I've pulled off. This is really great. You're doing really fine, Raj. You see the I, I, I coming into my thinking. And it's not I. This is what, when I'm spiritually fit, and I'm in one of those prospering modes, which is most 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 often the truth rather than not. Um, I thank God because it's part of the flow, and the flow is the flow. Flow, life energy, life force. It's the flow. It's going to take me where it's going to take me. I can't swim upstream my whole life, so. If that metaphor works for you, um, that stream, I'm in that stream, and I'm floating, going down the stream, having an experience. And when I hit a rock, that's something that throws me out of my comfort zone. It's a challenge, right? That's okay. That's okay. Unless I don't want to admit that it's happening, and I get into a form of denial or pushing the thing away and I can't learn the lesson. I can't learn the lesson. The reason I'm uncomfortable isn't because I'm being punished. It's because there's something that I'm being asked to learn, to step up to. That's my interpretation of the things that disrupt the comfort zone, like little things, like I got sick, that disrupts the comfort zone. Not sleeping well, that disrupts the comfort zone. Um, financial reversal, divorce, um, windfall profit, all those things can disrupt the comfort flow. But the question and the challenge for us, because we're trying to live on a different basis than the spiritual, material, dualistic basis that the world is predicated on, the challenge is to ask myself, well, what, 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 what? What is this asking me to learn? What's the gift in here? There's a gift in here. There's a saying that that I heard when I was new that I hated. And it was all good, all God, all the time. And I thought, oh, you guys, you're smoking something, right? But if I understand, if my concept, if you will, of this idea is it's all good, it's all God all the time, then, because God is the only real power, then this isn't a punishment, it's an opportunity. It's a challenge, depending on how attached I am to the status quo. And so I need to be as unattached as I can to material things with finite lifespans. Like a beautiful house you're living in, temporary. That nice car you're driving, temporary, right? That big fancy job you got, temporary. The money, temporary. 401, temporary. Your health, temporary. Relationships, impermanent. Everybody, everybody's life is gonna end. The people that were dear to me, 
that were in my life 20 years ago, 10 years ago even, most of them are gone, physically gone, you know? And uh, I got a friend, we joke about it because I'm at the age now where my peers are dying. It's not the parents and the relatives are all gone, but now it's my peers. And they're, it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting perspective because that whole generation that brought me in is gone and I'm the next one up kind of thinking of it in terms of a conveyor belt and the end of the conveyor belt is where your life ends. Well, we're on the conveyor belt. We're in the front row now. <laughs> so I got to make my peace with these things instead of make war with them. Because when I make war with, circumstances and conditions that I'm powerless over, I just create misery and suffering for myself. Does that make sense? Just like God. And then I ask the question, well, why am I doing this to me? If I can get to the point where I remember you're not a victim, Roger, you're not a victim. This isn't happening to you because you've been naughty or bad. It's just happening because life happens. Flat tires happen. Diseases happen. People disappoint you. That happens, right? And wonderful things happen too. It's all part of the deal. And the question is always, how am I going to respond to that? You know, the thing that trips most alcoholics up is not stress. It's not the, the, hard, the hard challenging things. It's success. Get out. I'm, my hair's on fire. Work my ass off build a nice recovery. I got a solid platform. I'm doing pretty good around three, four, five years. I've met someone. I've got a job. I'm getting out of debt. We're getting married. Oh, this is beautiful. And I forget where it all came from. It all came from my recovery, which is code for it all came from and through God. And now I'm walking away from the very vehicle because I get seduced thinking, I'm making stuff happen. So our powerlessness is a gift. I'm powerless over my emotions. I'm powerless over what the world does. I'm not powerless over how I respond to it. And I can only respond to it in a constructive, high manner if I'm spiritually fit, if I'm at least in the game. Otherwise, I'm really exposed. So what happens with the, the guy who's getting everything going on is the most common relapse occurs not around stressful, hard things, but around success. And I start thinking, I'm running the show. Look at me. I'm doing really good. And then you might have family members. You might have people around you saying, man, the change looks really good on you. You have done a hell of a job. You are really kicking butt with recovery. Oh, oh. and you start believing those reviews. They don't even understand. They're not alcoholics. They're just saying, we see the change. It's good. That's fine. But don't think for a minute you are the change. I'm not the change. I presented a vessel for the change to happen in. That's what you're doing with your step work. You're getting rid of all the stuff that's in the way of having a relationship with a God that some of us aren't even sure is there. But that's the last hope. 
if you're doing AA, if you're doing 12 step recovery, <clears throat> the hope is find, establish, and grow a relationship with the God of your understanding. Period. That's what prayer, meditation, inventory is about. That's what your concept in the second step is about. I need to find something of a higher order, a higher nature to grow towards. And then I need to fix, go about doing that, not on an occasional basis, not until the court's off my back, not until he or she lets me back in the house, until I can grow the hell up, which for me has been a lifelong process. <laughs> I'm still growing up. You know, I'm, I'm a lot more grown up than I was. <laughs> so challenges. How do I face the challenges? Well, when something perceived as bad happens, I've I've lost I've lost almost two years worth of work. That seems to be a bad thing. That's what the ego says. The first response always is fear because of the amygdala. The first response is, oh, we're in trouble now. This is a bad thing. It is not. There is no way to know in the present tense if it's bad or good. It doesn't have to be either. It could be both. It's a challenge. This is the reframe. It's a challenge. So what's God going to do with this? I don't know. So what's my job? My job is to be of maximum service to you and to the God of my understanding. That's my job. And the promise is, if I stay close to God, God will take care of me. God will give me what I need in my time of need. I will have serenity to match calamity. That's my experience. But it didn't drop out of the sky. It developed around a practice that took years to develop, right? But it doesn't take years to get results. Good news, bad news, who can say? There's no way to know. Got a buddy going to Denver to receive a big award. Musician, right? On the way, he gets in a horrible car crash, almost killed. Oh, that's horrible news, is it? I don't know. He's in the hospital. He's in the hospital for six months, falls in love with his nurse, and gets married. So was that a good thing or a bad thing? It was just a thing. He gets married. It's wonderful, right? So you get the idea. I don't want to live from a dualistic platform any more than is necessary. We need dualism to function in the culture. Stop, go. We've all agreed red means stop. Green means go most of the time, right? We've all agreed to drive in these lanes to the right of the center line. We've all agreed on that. We've all agreed that we're going to do the speed. You know, we've got a lot of agreements. And there's a lot of dualism there, but it's necessary to operate the culture. It's not necessary. It's an impediment when you're trying to operate your soul, your spirit. Your higher consciousness does not respond well to that. Now you're in sinner saint territory. Good, bad. Heaven, hell. That's baloney. My opinion only. It's baloney because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. There's a great book, if you want to read something about this, uh, Richard Rohr, called The Naked Now. It's a I see some of you nodding. Maybe you've read it already. It's a fabulous book. And it really speaks to If you're having trouble 
with the God concept, your relationship with that, or prayer, meditation, you know, you've got to find some things that work for you. There, there, you will find it, but you have to look. That's what the 11-step directive is, isn't it? Seek, sought, an action, the vehicle, prayer, meditation, the goal to improve my conscious contact with God as I understand God. The prayer, knowledge of your will for me and the power to carry it out. That's pretty simple. But now i got to find a way to activate that in me, right? Is it words? Sometimes it's words. Is it a picture? Is it sound? Is it smell? Sometimes it can be all of those, right? So we just have to find our way. We have to find our way. So the comfort zone is commonly the one I described. The definition is an external one. The comfort zone that we're striving for is an internal one. It's a spiritual comfort. It's the I am. It's a relationship with the divine within each one of us. That's where my comfort zone is. Because when I'm in that faith, when I'm in that belief system, I know there's nothing that God can't handle that life throws at me. But I have to be willing to release to the care of the creator, release the results, you know, and read the results, you know. So I got this problem at work, and I'm really working really hard to correct it. Because I think I know what's supposed to happen. And it keeps being resistant to my brilliant ideas of change. And finally, it occurs to me, maybe this isn't the right approach. Maybe you need to back up and just let it go. That's really hard to do when you're living in yourself, in your ego, in a dualistic world. Because that's right, wrong, win, lose, problem, solution. Well, who says I got to find a solution? Maybe the solution can find me. Someone sent me a message. Hold on. I'm not going to do that now. So some thoughts on the comfort zone. My comfort comes from my relationship with my creator. It, it comes, there are other sources. Susan's a source of comfort. Reiner's a source of comfort. I have friends that are sources of comfort, but they're not infinite in their capacity. They are flawed and they can't be my higher power. They have to be who and what they are. And if I let them be who and what they are, I can't be disappointed. But those at the same time, all those friends in those beautiful little relationships, some are tiny, some are really big and important. They're all manifestations, manifestations of God's love. Manifest in our lives. The people we've drawn to us, the people around us, our circumstances, all a reflection of our relationship with the power. And how well we do with that is what generates the consequences. How poorly I do with it generates the consequences. 
because that's how the universe works. It's laws, right? And so it's not about punishment. The consequence is telling us uh, wrong direction. Uh, take a pause, back up, maybe find another approach. You know what I'm saying? So... New episodes of The Gathering are published twice a month and can be found on Spotify and other major podcast apps. You can follow The Gathering on Spotify and others to receive monthly notifications of new episodes.